0: The truth will set you free but first it'll piss you off welcome back to civil diligence politics made simple for the everyday millennial and why you should give a damn Thank you all so much for coming and listening, guys. I am so excited. This episode should have been released last week. But, you know, technological issues, technology isn't my friend, first off. So I'm just so happy that we could re-record, and I have a guest on today. Thank you so much much uh for working with me and doing this again i have megan garcia and her platform civis on here today and say hi to the people once again
1: hello everyone
0: yes thank you so much for coming on and chatting it up with me one more time
1: (laughs) absolutely like I said I'd do it a third if I had to
0: thank you you're so sweet thank you so much so as you all know I like to start my show off with disclaimers disclaimer number one I curse so just be aware of that disclaimer number two I may be educated and I may have degrees, but I will mess up the English language because English is hard, just so you all know. Three, we may not see eye to eye. We may have our differences. You all, some people who are listening may be right leaning. And of course, it is no surprise by now that I am more left leaning, but We may disagree, but we can always see eye to eye, have a conversation despite our differences, and keep it moving. Four, I'm in the kingdom. That is my qualifications on speaking on this subject. And five, things may change by the time you listen, so keep that in mind. Yay! So I'm going to give the platform to Megan, so she can talk about her platform, Civis. So how are you doing today? I meant to ask you that before you, like, before we got into the disclaimers. How are you doing, Megan?
1: I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's it's a Thursday for sure. Friday, it de- junior. <laughs>
0: it definitely is because I really, really want thought today was Friday. And I was upset when I left work today. And I'm like, oh, man, I do have to come back.
1: I know. I felt that same exact way today when I finished my shift. I was like, you know, I thought I was heading into the weekend. Whoops.
0: Yeah. So and we're not. And I do have to get up early in the morning. So hey, look at that. Another day, another dollar. But <laughs> um, if you could explain to the people, what is Civis?
1: So, so CIVIS is an organization that I have created that is dedicated to helping young individuals redefine um, the way they think about citizenship and community to allow better engagement. I will also mess up the English language, everyone, so I just want everyone to know that. (laughs) Better engagement, involvement, and then the capability to have bipartisan conversations because I think conversations are so important, um, especially in this day and age.
0: It seems like, and I feel like on both sides, we can't have a conversation. Like, if one's more liberal than the other, we can't have a conversation. And if one is so conservative, we can't have a conversation. And we're all pointing the finger. When in all totality, there isn't a one right way to solve the issues.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people... um don't understand that about politics. Um, it's kind of like writing or English or like any like social studies class you took ever. Um, there, When you are given a writing prompt, there is no right answer. It's not like math where you have two plus two equals four. There's a thousand different ways you can get from point A to point B. Um, and that's exactly how politics is. There's always going to be different ideas and always going to be different proposed solutions um, and always going to be different Ideas of what the problem is. And so it's kind of just up to us to have conversations and start working through that together to figure out what's best for everyone.
0: Exactly. So I'm so glad that you started this platform and wanted to have this platform for people for one, civic engagement, and two, having a bipartisan conversation, especially with millennials in this day and age, because I know a lot of millennials, one, will not go out there and try to participate in their community and then two they may fray away or stray away from you know getting involved in politics because it's so so much fighting right now so much partisanship it's so much like polarized politics right now in this day and age so i'm so happy that you thought to have this as a platform and if you don't mind me asking how old are you
1: I'm only 21.
0: Awesome. So she's a millennial just like me, guys. And like a lot of you all listening that, hey, we're doing things. We're starting platforms for the better of our society. So I think that is awesome. The fact that you are young and that you decided to start a platform of your own. So how did you come up with this idea?
1: So I came up with the idea when I was working at the American Democracy Project at my small, like, rural Western Kansas school. Um, I was doing a ton of really awesome work for the school and for the community, but I really wanted to do more. Um, Our on-campus, like, school was only about 4,000 students, and our online um, college is about internationally, I believe like 16,000 or something like that. Like, so it's huge. And we were providing all of these super awesome, like resources and meetups and like political forums and debates and literally like just so much cool stuff for like the local community and our local students. Um, But it just felt so silly that we were not diverting any of our efforts to people online Uh, especially when we have such an online community. And I really just felt really strongly about allowing everyone to have resources. Um, And unfortunately, I couldn't get anything to pan out at like the university level, but I decided to just kind of take it into my own hands and create something that is free for people to use um, and engage with that is just as easy as something like Facebook or Instagram. Um, But it takes away the the negativity that you can see on Facebook and Instagram. Like this is a place where we have civil discourse, not yelling at each other through a screen.
0: (laughs) Oh girl. Yes. Because people will find the need to argue on, on like social media platforms. That is their best way of argument today in 2019 is through a social media platform. And I think that, you know, it's, it's okay not to argue. It's okay to set a tone not to argue or condescend. Because, again, nobody has the right answer. Your way may work for you. It probably it may not work for me, which is a conversation that I have daily on, like, Civil Diligence, Instagram, and Facebook because people find the need to argue. So do you think that – do you have people going back and forth on Civis?
1: So I'm actually relaunching our website right now. So all of my numbers are kind of like, uh, my engagement on the actual website is a little bit low. Um, I'm recreating the website to have a like member community that allows people to um, post their own topics and create discussion that way, um, because I really want this to be community driven. And the other thing that I'm including is a list of legal resources and social resources, because you never know, who stumbles upon your page that might need to reach out for anything. And so I have like a free list of legal resources, um, for people who couldn't probably afford them. Otherwise I have, uh, different resources for mental health, LGBTQ, um, racial injustice, sexual violence, domestic violence, all sorts of stuff like that. And so I'm wanting to put those on there, uh, just so people know that, it's also a safe community and it's a place for people to really engage. And I want people to show up as them, as their best selves.
0: That's pretty neat. And you you touched on it a little bit about how does civis work? Like how, like, how are you like with your rebranching? And I know you touched on it a little bit. Would you want to expound on that about how does civis work and how do you want it to work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, like I said, I've been relaunching and stuff. And so it's an online platform that posts daily or almost daily. I think I take one day off during the week, but I post almost daily about different current events, easy ways to get involved, how to change your thinking um, and different ways to challenge people Uh, So this week, I think I shared on my platform that like my weekly challenge for everyone was to donate money to your community. Um, The best way to impact your local community is to literally give funds if you cannot give time. And so I challenged all of my followers um, to either donate like rounding up at the grocery store or donating like a dollar somewhere or like, you know, just like making sure that you're investing back into your community because then you want to see it succeed more.
0: Awesome. Great. And what is your mission?
1: My mission is to bring the idea of intersectionality to the concept of being a citizen. Um, And so what that really means is I'm here to define, redefine citizenship and community. And that's like basically what our mission is. Got it.
0: So what do you want people to take away from your platform?
1: I want people to be able to come away from this knowing that they are an integral part of their community um, and that their voice really does matter and that being involved might not be cool and it might not be super fun all the time and it might not be something that everyone is like super thrilled about doing, but it's necessary and it's important, especially when we're talking about like um, our own humanity and things like that. Like if you, it's really easy to talk about people um, in terms of groups, but it's another thing to talk about it. It's like to talk about politics and people and things like that in terms of your own community, it hits a lot closer to home for people. um, And I think that that will help with a lot of like understanding and civil discourse and things like that. And so that's really what I'm wanting people to take away.
0: Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for explaining your platform. Um, It's wonderful for you to do this. It's, I also admire it. When we and you connected on Instagram, and I looked further into your platform and I looked at it and I looked at your actual website at the time, I was like, Yes, awesome, we have to connect. So I'm so glad that you're doing this. I'll give you a spot at the end of the show to like show, like tell your social media links. But yes, you all, please get into it, get into civis, get into you know, civic engagement, and have that conversation. As we have this conversation here, there's lots of other conversations that you can have on lots of other platforms that you can support. So thank you so much, Megan, for even thinking of this idea and trying to be all gung-ho about it, because I know it is not easy.
1: You're right. It is not easy. And I commend you a lot for, um, truly just like speaking your truth and showing up so consistently to talk about this because it can be, it can be really draining and it can be mentally exhausting. And so I really give you, um, a lot of like props for that because I don't know if I could show up every week and talk
0: (laughs) to people. Difficult because every because I do it, I try to be as consistent as I can every other week because I tried every week and life happened. And I don't think people understand that you know, people who do podcasts, unless you're like really, 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 really successful and you have big sponsorships, or people who have like who have big platforms anywhere, whether you're an entrepreneurship, whether or not you're Whatever business that you are, unless you have that one break where people are sponsoring you, whether or not you have like a team of people working with you and in your corner, you are solo, you're solo dolo for a long time. You are a one man or a one woman show. So doing the energy by blogging and stuff like that is remarkable and trying to come up with resources because I'm trying to do a blog now and it's difficult when it's like, man, my podcast take me out. I said so. I commend you a lot because we think of like the content but we don't think of the behind the scenes and the entrepreneurship that goes behind it. So, I love it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I totally think that a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, starting a podcast or like starting a blog is going to be so easy." And then like halfway into it, they're like, "Never mind. Never mind. I don't know what I got myself into." Um which is why I feel like a lot of people There's a lot of really great ideas out there, but not a lot of people um, really fulfilling their dreams and their goals and their ambitions and things because it does get hard and it's tiring. It gets,
0: oh, it gets tiring. It gets hard and it's okay to take that break. So I love it, girl. Awesome. Keep being you and keep being amazing. (laughs) Like I say, if you put in the work at it, it's going to succeed. So I love it. So, guys, we can move on to what I'm here for this week. What I'm here for is a segment that I like to do is that expresses your utter joy, whether it is political, pop culture, sports, or personal. I'll say this. I don't know about you, but I'm so doggone glad that this damn Russian investigation is over. I'm here for the fact that (laughs) I knew that we were going to be disappointed. I really did Or for the people who are not Trump supporters who thought that he colluded with Russia. I thought that, you know, I knew people were going to be disappointed. It wasn't going to be that end result that people thought they were going to get. And the fact that there was evidence that he didn't collude with Russia. Hey, it is what it is. Do I still think that he colluded with Russia? (laughs) Yes, I do, but it says he didn't so we can move on. And I think that the Democrats especially were so round up for the last two years, almost going on three years of this nonsense, well it's not nonsense but of this notion that hey, he colluded. So now you all actually have to do something. Let it go. Nancy Pelosi said that if. Impeachment is really off the table if there isn't anything hard, hard and concrete. So Mueller's investigation is pretty much just like a, a ad, advice. So he gives his advice. He, this is my findings. You can do with it as you will. If he says that he didn't think that there was a collusion, then. You really don't have an argument to try to impeach him. Now, they did say that there could be, there wasn't sufficient evidence for obstruction of justice. I think that he did try to obstruct. I mean, you've seen it plenty of times that he tried to obstruct the investigation by, one, firing people and or letting them go. Or just by his tweets alone could be sufficient enough for whether or not you're obstructing. So the fact that there wasn't sufficient evidence, eh, you can come to your own conclusions. But I am so glad that we can move on from Russia. I'm so glad that we can, they actually have to do some work now. Because I'm so over the fact that we're going back and forth and it feels like that we're not doing anything And I'm just ready to be over and done with it. To go off of somebody who made a comment on my Instagram page about his Big Daddy 54... On my Instagram, he's like not in my generation or our generation for that matter. And he said that you all really have to be low minded people to allow Facebook ads to twist your vote. And to some degree, he's right. You would think that people would have their own mind and, you know, research the people that they're trying to vote for. But in all actuality, that stuff does matter. That stuff really does matter. You do not know ads matter. Attack ads matter. All of this big hoopla about about voting and about political campaign season, all of that stuff plays a key moment in votes at the end of the day. And you can say all that you want to that Russia involvement didn't make a difference in 2016. But I like beg to differ. I beg to differ that it didn't make a a huge involvement because for a lot of swing states, a lot of swing states, they probably were looking at Facebook or any kind of social media to make up their decision. Because I hate to say it, not everybody researches. Not everybody goes and researches their the people that they want to vote for. Because I, I will admit, I'll be honest, for the longest time, I didn't research who to vote for. I voted based off of my ideologies and what I grew up in. Until I got old enough to be like, hmm, I really should research this on my own. If I felt like that, a lot of other people probably would feel like that. And I'm sorry, but we work hard, but we don't work hard. We feel entitled as a nation and as a people. And people can get mad at that statement all they want to. But I just want people to know that, hey, this is a real life thing. But regardless, I'm glad the Russian investigation is over. Kudos. Yay. Awesome. Let's move on to some things like healthcare. Woohoo! Which is another story for another day because that is a hot mess express in and of itself. Another thing that I'm here for is springtime. On the flip side, I kind of want, <laughs> I want, the weather to stay consistently because I don't know about you over there, Megan, but it was like 75 degrees earlier today in good old central Illinois. And by the time I got in from running errands for my job, it was 64 degrees. And now I'm hoarse. horse-ish. It might not sound like that, but I'm mustering a lot of energy. So... I don't know. How's the weather over there?
1: It's pretty good. I think it was like seventy degrees today um, here in Colorado, so it was. It's been beautiful.
0: Have you all encountered any more snow?
1: No, we are supposed to get rain tomorrow, though.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Well, it's not beautiful, but I I like it when it's consistent. <laughs>
1: me too i like well because for the longest time the forecast said that it was going to drop back down to like 35 degrees and snow again tomorrow and i was like all right okay i was like it's literally 70 degrees this week i was like this is not possible
0: right i don't understand like the midwest is so unpredictable Um, unpredictable (laughs) unpredictable it's so unpredictable um, one minute, it is 70 degrees, 85. You can put out your flip-flops. You can't. You don't have to wear a jacket. The next minute, it is freezing rain.
1: Oh, yeah, and, like, wind, like, upside-down wind, like, hitting you in the face. Like, just not fun at all. I have no idea what the Midwest weather is like. Um, and I have a hard time describing it to people until they get here, and they're like, oh, it really does change every day. Yeah,
0: yes, it does. And it's like people who I talk to that's like in the South or the West Coast, like in California, like, oh, if you don't have those problems, or when they complain about it being scorching hot, and I'm like, oh, scorching hot, I wish that was my problem, instead of the freaking winter vortex that happened in South.
1: <laughs> You know what always gets me is when people from, like, those, like, more, like, warm climates are, like, it, like, gets to be, like, 50 degrees, maybe 40, and they're, like, oh, my God, it is so freezing. Someone save us. I'm, like, you don't know what cold is until you have, had like, negative 10 degree weather. It's, like, do not.
0: Negative 10 degree weather by itself. Don't let the windshield uh hit you. Then it's oh, ne- yeah. <laughs> then it's negative 50. I'm, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop it. Why? 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 So I'm, I could go on and on about the weather. But hey, what are you here for this week, Megan?
1: I am here for actually a couple different things. Um, So I've mentioned to you that, like, I think cybersecurity is really important. And part of the reason I, like, have started Civis is because I think it is ridiculous that, like, Twitter and Facebook know who the Nazis are and they don't ban them. Um, but Facebook has made a move to ban white supremacy on their platforms. Yes! And so, and this is only like two weeks after the New Zealand um, mosque shooting and things like that. And so I think that they uh, really decided that they really needed to take this into their own hands. And so they're making moves to ban that on their platforms. And then also the U.S. government sued Facebook today uh, for participating in housing discrimination through like their targeted ads by using like traits like race and religion and stuff. So I just feel like happy that they're being held accountable for how much influence they really do have.
0: And I think that's so amazing because when I previously recorded this um, last week, I talked about what I'm here for also was the fact that New Zealand actually did something about the gun laws in their country after a shooting. And I was here for that because not that I'm like, ooh, take away all your guns or you shouldn't have self-defense, but we should do something when your country or something is under a known attack. Because cybersecurity, going back to that, cybersecurity is a thing now. Hell, foreign entities can swing elections. And we're all like, oh, Russia didn't do anything about the election. Oh, Russia doesn't do that. But when you have people look into our cybersecurity and totally tobacco our cybersecurity like it's a pinball machine, like people can hack into, what's something easy to hack into? Because I'm not technologically savvy, but people treat that like it's like second grade elementary. We don't have anything to combat that. Forget war on terrorism. We have we have a war going on with cybersecurity, and I don't think people take it as seriously as they should.
1: Oh, no, they totally don't. And if you look at, like, who's in charge of our national security, it's a bunch of old white men, and I can... I don't want to like be like, you know, they know nothing about the internet, but I am sure that they don't know that much. And like it, cybersecurity is probably the last thing on their minds in terms of national security when it should be one of the first.
0: It should be in this day and age. Like, hello, we have globalized the internet. We have globalized Wi-Fi. We cannot do shit.com anymore without the internet. And a lot of these senators, a lot of these congresswomen, hell, even our president, who actually, for his age, I'm not, because I don't necessarily care for Trump, but for his age, he really does have a good handle on Twitter.
1: He, re- You know what? I will give him that, too. He's, like, probably as old as my grandpa, and he, like, is way more socially, like, active on, like, media platforms than really any old person I know. <laughs>
0: especially around that age. Like I am very much so amazed when older people who didn't grow up with internet can get it like that. I'll give him that. I really can. But that even shows you more that internet is, the internet is running our lives. Social media is running our lives. And the fact that we don't fucking care and the fact that people are like, Oh, this isn't a concern. And, holding people accountable and I'm like you don't even know how to work Facebook like I me and you discussed this last week about when Mark Zuckerberg had to testify in Congress and I forget the senator but it was this old, it was this older white man who didn't know how to pronounce or didn't know how Facebook worked and I'm like these are the people dictating our laws
1: oh yeah well and like a lot of people will be like oh well you know what like that like that was like a while ago. Like it might have gotten better by now, but it also might not have. Like there are like so many videos from over the past few years about like the implications of like Facebook and stuff because like the election was 3 years ago. We will have another election next year. Like this time next year, campaigning is going to be like in full swing. Um oh, that's and so
0: I'm like a kid at the candy store. I like campaign season. Looking at the political acts are my favorite. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, me too. I love it I too. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of people underestimate how quickly time has been moving and how little things change.
0: Yeah. And I I, I need people to get on board with this, um this epidemic. Cause it is becoming an epidemic. Hell, if we can call a national security uh, crisis at the border. Hell, we're about. Th- we need to call a national security over our cyber.
1: So, oh yeah,
0: yeah, cyberspace. So, is there anything else that you're here for?
1: No, I think that's it. Like you said, I'm also here for springtime. But I mean, it's gonna rain the next couple days, so I'm not super stoked about that. <laughs> but
0: I feel that with rain comes growth comes a new season, comes blossom, and everything like that. Away with the old, here with the new. So April, you know, April showers bring May flowers. I'm I'm looking forward for that May. Skip April. I'm looking forward for the May. Me too. Yes. So thanks so much, guys, for listening to our extended version of what we're here for this week. You can tell me what you're here for this week by emailing civil diligence at gmail.com or you can let me know, drop a DM in the Instagram or you can message me on Facebook or have the conversation on Facebook. I am trying to prop, pretty much try um, going to on my Instagram, put out the question what you're here for this week. Hopefully you all like go back and forth with me so we can have that dialogue and discussion. Now, let's go into the meat of our discussion and of what we're really here to talk about. Another reason why Megan is on the show as like a guest host and guest at this moment in time, because I wanted to have a conversation about civic engagement and about the whole minutiae of it all about why we want to, participate in civic engagement? Why we don't as a society? Is it education? I wanted to have that nitty gritty conversation and I thought what better person to have it with than was the person who has a platform for civic engagement? So, as we know, civic engagement is a thing that is important. Everybody believes that in order for a society to progress, we should participate in civic engagement whether that's local, state, or a national level. But although people agree with it, people don't do it. So I think what we need to understand is why civic engagement is important to begin with. And it really does start with a on the local level. And do you want to explain or go into detail, Megan, about why we need to, you know, participate in be civically engaged to begin with?
1: Yeah. um, So civic engagement at this current time has like a really narrow definition. It is really limited to like political engagement and like the civic aspect of our communities. Um, It's really limited to that. And not only is civic engagement about politics, but it's also about community, local community, state community, and national community. We are all regardless of whether or not you are, are a citizen of the United States, you are participating in the communities every day that are affecting our lives. And so I think it's just really important that we redefine civic engagement to not be so focused on just political happenings, but, hap- but be focused on community happenings and community events um, and things like that, because that allows us to, Create more authentic human connection with people, and have compassion, and have understanding in um, really difficult conversations that people often shy away from because they want that community aspect without the political part of it.
0: Exactly, like you said, civic engagement definitely does not have to deal with every anything political. I mean, of course, it does play a part in it, but. You can volunteer at a shelter and be civically engaged as long as we're, like, helping the community. And I don't think people understand what all entails with civic engagement. I think that people think that, oh, well, hey, I got to participate in a campaign. Or, hey, I voted. That's the end-all, be-all. But you all need to know one thing about it is it can be as simple as donating books to your local library. And or it could be as simple as helping a homeless shelter or volunteering at a school, because one thing that we also need to be aware of is it does start at home. My dad always told me that charity starts at home and before we can go elsewhere, we need to make sure that our home is good and i don't think people realize local level affects us so much more than state and affects us so much more than national it all has a importance to it but your local um your local levels um elections and just your own backyard means so much more because this is the place where you live so that will affect your property tax, that will affect your in, like your schools, that will affect whether or not libraries or parks will be produced in your home or in your neighborhood. That will also, your, the tree that's about to be crashing down on your house because it's so old, that goes into your local. So and I don't think people realize the importance of that. Well, maybe it's just me.
1: <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I really don't think um, people understand how important the community aspect is for civic engagement, just because they really do have, like I said, that just such like such a narrow, like it's almost like tunnel vision, like it's like from point A to point B. This is what I need to do to be involved or engaged, and nothing outside of that. But you're right, like there's just literally so much that affects your life in, like, your local community, like, where sidewalks are being built, where roads are being repaired, like, just, like, there's just so much, um, and a lot of people don't understand that, like, local elections are some of the ones that just are not as widely participated in, especially by younger generations because there is, like, that lack of importance. Um, I grew up in a predominantly, like, white community, and, I'm pretty sure like the voting statistics for like local elections was like 90% like white and like 80% like elderly, which like is pretty ridiculous because I like most people wouldn't let their grandparents pick out their clothes. So it seems ridiculous to me that they would let people who are their grandparents pick who their politicians are.
0: That is a very interesting correlation that you chose here. And you see that in every election, though, whether it's local, state, and uh, federal, because in 2016, millennials didn't vote. Oh no, they didn't. Like I said, the margin was so low. The people, the rate of well, older, the elderly. I have to be politically correct. The elderly white population, they voted. At a triple rate than millennials, and also minorities combined. So it's so amazing when people are like, up to the old people, older people, because you're right. I don't want my grandmother picking out my clothes. The hell! I don't. I don't want. I don't want my grandmother picking out things for my life. Like oh, yeah. I respect <laughs> my grandparents. I, I can make my own decisions. So the fact that we allow our parents or our grandparents to make that decision on who to vote for, we should be just as on that than like we are about our own personal lives. Because I know for a fact, I'm at the age where I'm 25 and I'm at the age where allow me to be grown, allow me to be an adult.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think part of that too is that millennials don't feel that sense of responsibility yet. They don't feel that sense of responsibility. Like, because I remember um, I was doing like a lot of like voter turnout stuff during the 2016 election. And I would talk to a lot of kids and they'd be like, well, I don't really have an opinion. I don't really care. I don't really feel like my voice matters. So why vote anyways? I don't like the options. So why vote anyways? But I think really what it boils down to is that lack of feeling the responsibility. Like, if you go to school, you know it is your responsibility to turn in your homework. Being involved in, like, the United States community has the responsibility of knowing your stuff and keeping up with current events and voting and participating in your community.
0: And I think that that wasn't taught to us. And in our defense, it wasn't. You hear about it, and I see about it in schools, like, oh, you should volunteer, or you should do this, that, and third, but it's glossed over. Even when, after I was in school and coming up, volunteerism wasn't, like, hitting home, and, like, even high school, like, voting, politics wasn't that big in my town. It was, but it wasn't, and it wasn't hit home in high schools. And I think that it's lacking in education. And I think that if we want people to do it, it needs to be taught either in the home or in the schools. Because that's where you get the most of your education from. Home, your home life, and your education.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that really in order to like, kind of like redefine citizenship and redefine community and like get more people involved. Um, it's going to start with all levels of education. Um, and we talked about this last week. I was like, there's three things that you learn in like high school government or like really just like all levels of government. Um, and like before you graduate, it's that there's three branches of government. We have an electoral college and like, we're a republic like a democratic republic. That's about, that's about what most people, like that's what sticks with most people. Um, if you ask them anything more in depth about the like government and politics and things like that, uh, it's unfortunate, but not a lot of people know much more.
0: No, it's not. And I volunteer with youth a lot. And even now, they don't know that there's three branches of government. At least by fifth grade, I knew. Oh, Yeah. I knew that there was the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. Now, anything beyond that, or in the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I knew, like I so I knew the bare concept of American government. That's not being taught in schools
1: today. It's definitely, it's definitely not, especially since there, the other thing that like, when it comes to education is that we do have federal standards for education, But as of recently, some states have been taking some more power back, and most states have differing curriculums. It differs from place to place, and you don't, like, I don't really think that there is a set standard of government um, education that is presented in our schooling system federally. Uh, And so it kind of just leaves it up to the states, and if a state doesn't feel like that's important, um, it gets kind of pushed to the side and not really talked about.
0: It won't, and last week, I mean, we talked about the fact that it comes from the top, and I think the main reason why people are not necessarily, like, gung-ho about, you know, being civically engaged or politically engaged or just, like I said, being engaged in all by their community is because... Our government doesn't make it a big issue. It comes from the absolute top. We have a little bit of a layer of standard for our education and it's hard and I don't care what anybody says. I had an argument about this on Instagram about how funding is important when you want edu- when you're trying to educate the masses. Funding is so important, and it's hard to educate our children or educate the next generation when you're taking, you're steadily taking money from the Department of Education. I read that they took away, or they wanted to decrease the Department of Education around $73 billion to put towards the, um, the wall, and that's cool, whatever, your opinions on the wall is your opinions on the wall, but we're stupid. And in the result of that, yeah, we'll be okay, we'll be defense, we'll, like I said, we'll have defense, but at the same time, we're stupid. And you cannot tell me that the level of education is the same from when you and I were in um, grads or grammar school or just growing up like in third grade. Or even our education isn't equipped to the amount that our parents grew up in, yeah. They might have stopped at a certain level, but the, like, education back in the 60s and 50s was way better than it is today. Like, math. I looked at my niece's math problems, and I'm like, what the hell is this shit? This is confusing as hell. And we don't realize, but there are so many other nations that, one, get being politically and civically involved in their countries, and, two... they rank higher than us in education
1: oh yeah our education system in the u.s is like laughable like i don't understand how we can claim that we are like the greatest country in the world and we have all of these like wonderful things about us when we do not even invest into like our youth um john green has a video he does like his uh vlog brothers with his brother and so it's like they have a youtube channel um but in one video he talks about how he doesn't mind paying taxes for things like education because he doesn't want to grow up in a or he doesn't want to live in a world of stupid people that's just so true like you have to invest in education if you want us to be smart exactly and the fact that we don't and the
0: reason why we're such a great country and the reason why we're number one in the world is because we have a we have muscle that's really what it is. If we didn't invest in our defense if we didn't put into our like our military, which by the way the our soldiers don't see that the weapons do if we weren't a weaponized country, we wouldn't be a, uh we wouldn't be number one in the world we would not be
1: oh yeah, absolutely not.
0: And we can argue, I argue this all the time, that, oh, well, why wouldn't we want to defend our citizens and blah, 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 blah. Well, take away our guns. What else do we have? Oh, yeah. We don't want to talk about that.
1: No, no one wants to talk about that because we rely so much on other people to do things for us that when we, like, are faced with the fat, like, the bare bones of, like, okay, like, what do we really bring to the table and what do we really offer? No one wants to talk about that because it's embarrassing.
0: Nobody does. And disclaimer, I'm not hitting home on our military. Thank you so much for the people who fight for us because it couldn't be me. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't, but I also have my own theories and beliefs on why I wouldn't fight for this country. But... Thank you so much for the people who do, because there are some people who can't, physically can't, and won't. So thank you so much. But in all totality, I said, take away our guns. We really don't have much.
1: Absolutely. And I, yeah, that definitely did sound like a giant bash to the military. And it's not, it was not intended on my part that way either. But it's definitely just one of those things where, like, where we face the facts of what we of where we are currently at in the world and what our status is and where we are investing our money. I just don't think that, in order, if we want to keep this like world leader position, that we can just keep investing so much money into a military.
0: Exactly, because let somebody else come up with better weapons, bigger and better weapons, but they have the brains to back it up, we're screwed we are screwed and giving it back into like civic engagement. I think that, you know, education and the top has a lot to do with it. Whether or not you believe that government should be involved or whether or not government shouldn't be involved. The fact of the matter is you're a government and we rely on you for a reason. We elect these people for a reason. What are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just like, ugh, but we don't. So it's like we don't have that from our higher-ups. And it trickles down. It is a huge trickle down. Like, if national set that standard, then it would go to the states. And then it would go to our local. So I think that it's also up to us to make our own standard. What do we want to get out of our community? Because we live it. We live it day in and day out.
1: Absolutely. And so, yeah definitely I totally agree that education from the top down is like the best way to really impact especially because like I don't I don't think that I'm going to be able to convert every every millennial every person into being some civically engaged person because not not all people care about it unfortunately and some people just never will and like I know that I need to stop trying to waste my breath so much on them. But if we start educating at a young age and teach about that importance that cultivates and fosters throughout their lifetime, and they're more likely to be involved later on. Yes, and it does start
0: with our grammar age schools and preschools and things of that nature. If we get it young, it will be definitely, it will go so much further And I don't think millennials are lost. I just don't think they ever had a platform to be themselves. Because I think that we have that, like, judgmental – we live in a judgmental society. Like, even though we're free, even though we're fluid, although, like – and even millennials are are hard heading adults. Like, they're able to have kids and everything now. Like, they're, like, buying houses and being adults and everything like that. But I think for – People in their twenties on to let's say mid to late twenties, I don't think there are platforms for these for these individuals because a lot of the arguments that I hear is, "Oh, my voice doesn't matter. Oh, I don't want make a difference. Why does it matter? Everybody else is going to do this for me." One, we don't hold ourselves accountable, and two, like I said, I think it's the whole account the whole platform issue of if we all band together with like-minded individuals, we can get something done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. Um, I love what you said about accountability, though, because I just think that that is so important to like hit home is that we don't take accountability for our own actions and for our own presence in our communities, and we underestimate how much that one voice um, has an impact. How much just one person? Because, like, it it took you being one person to start a podcast, and now you have, like, you know, people that listen regularly and people that engage with you and talk with you. Like, it just takes one person to start something, and that totally applies to our communities and to our politics. It takes one person to come up with a good idea that most people can get on board with to change our, like, to change our world.
0: Exactly. And... Like, I hit this home all the time. People, like, in different movements, like the women movement, people in the civil rights movement, different movements were headed by young people. And all it took was a few young people to say, I don't like what's happening. Let's change it. And that could be the same with being civically engaged. But another thing I think people don't realize is, there's so many other ways to be civically engaged. That doesn't include being on somebody's campaign. And then two, you're starting a on you're doing an online civic engaged platform. People don't realize, you know you can be civically engaged online, correct?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I uh, I, uh, people totally uh, underestimate, uh, like, how, how much how they much can accomplish in just a just few minutes, minutes every day. Every like, day. sign yeah. a petition that you support yeah. for a yeah. certain uh, piece of legislation. legislation. If you are walking down the street and someone uh, asks uh, you to sign a petition, a petition it, at least read it, what, so what, they what they have, they have, have to say. say. Like, read and what's on their clipboard. Because not only are you helping them out, but you could be helping your community out and people that are in need. Um, or, you know, like, just donating money or, like, calling people out and holding people accountable on the internet as well. Um, I think that that is something really important and learning to remove your own feelings and remove your own ego is also just like so important, especially on the internet because it is really easy to get defensive and try to be divisive divisive. um especially Um, when people people are critiquing the negative negative things about you and your involvement and your engagement and and things like that like like it's never great great, but like we have to take accountability for our actions actions and understand how those impact not only ourselves but other people
0: and I think that's amazing that you say that because I too struggle with that as well on a day-to-day basis because a lot of people will try to attack your character And they're attacking the platform or they're attacking your views on it, like, or that particular view. And then it comes to they're attacking your character. And sometimes you just have to take yourself out of it and think about it from another point of view. Like, this person obviously had experienced some hurt of why there is such disdain with it. And you probably won't change their mind. That's another thing I want people to realize with politics in general religion anything that's so deeply rooted and invest invested in ourselves you're not going to change people's minds but you can at least get them to listen you probably won't if you're hitting a hardcore republican or a hardcore democrat you're not going to change their minds or make them swing you're not going to make them like oh now i'm now i'm a democrat and i was republican or oh, now i'm a republican and now i was a democrat that is the exception that isn't the rule and Absolutely, mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to know that Take yourself out of it for just one hot second Don't get your feelings in a rough Because at the end of the day These people aren't paying your bills these people, They don't know you But they're voicing their opinion Just like you're voicing your opinion And that is how conversations start And when things get a little bit too hostile for you You'll be big enough to say I'm done with this conversation Have a good day
1: absolutely um and i i totally struggle with that too because people people are going to have their own opinions, like you said, and there's literally probably nothing that you can do to change their mind, at least initially and immediately. Like, you are never going to have a conversation with someone, like you said, and them to be like, you know what? I decided to be a Democrat now. Like, no one is ever going to, like, immediately flip-flop. That's just impractical. That's not how the human condition works. Like, we have all of these, like, deeply ingrained thoughts and biases, and that's how we interact in the world, and that how we think about things, but you can start a conversation and plant a seed and, you know, at least bring to someone's attention something about an issue and kind of ask them prompting, like reflecting questions, um, and start a conversation that way. So like, even if you guys don't end up seeing eye to eye at the very end of the conversation, at least they understand your point of view. Right.
0: Exactly. And that's the whole thing about conversations. Those are wonderful things about conversations. Why Megan and I started our platform. Look at that. But hit home with civic engagement, because I know we've been on here for a hot little minute, is that people underestimate all that you can do while being civically engaged. And I think that it's important to know that even just a small thing um two minutes out of your way. Hey, recycling can be civically engaging. Just taking just those small entities and those small steps to better and progress your community for the better. That's I would believe being civically engaged. So I guess I can ask a question. Well, I have a couple of questions before we get out of here. Is is high? Do you think that higher civic engagement links to higher voting?
1: So we did briefly talk about this last week um, when we had our like first little chat, and there is a link between civic engagement and voting, but it's kind of undetermined exactly what that link is. In a study that I was that I referenced last week too, by Seth Werfel, W-E-R-F-E-L, um, they looked at individual levels and community levels and are still unsure of the relationship. Um, and they talk about electoral and non-electoral actions because, like you said, there are so many things that don't involve politics that are civic engagement, and so. They talk about how people who voted in primary elections were three more times likely to take a nonprofit organization survey. And that's just like one of the little links. And so it's just one of those things where like if you are voting, you probably do have higher education, which leads to a higher turn of civic engagement
0: this is true there's people who believe that if you like there are people who don't vote but they're they participate in their community and there are people who do vote that don't participate in their community so i think that it's important that they're both equally important but one isn't the end-all be-all for the other i guess i could say i mean it is both equally important to go out and vote because, as I say, I'm a huge proponent of it. Because if you don't vote, you do not make your voice heard in the slightest. And then you have a repeat of 2016. And now people are just mad and booty hurt that, hey, this person is in pr- office. Or, hey, that one party controlled three branches of government. And I'm like, hey, that's what you get for not voting. I don't care if you put The Rock as president. You still, you still should have voted for your legislation. The legislator, the legislative branch. There we go. I can speak today. (laughs) But yeah, you still should have voted because (laughs) they are the ones who dictated who will be in the um. Well, they're the ones who confirm whether or not what the executive branch would pick for the Supreme Court was sick. And congratulations. Now we have for people who are just so upset. We have a conservative a. judiciary branch till another person croaks yeah there we go congratulations but at the same time voting isn't the end all be all and I know I've made um, that conversation has been made in the past that hey although voting is important we should all like look at you know progressing the next generation or progressing and making sure that we live in clean environments clean and safe environments so I think that that's important as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's totally super important to take a holistic view um, when you think about civic engagement and stuff like that. Because like you said, like there's just so much more to it. Um, and so much like voting is one one avenue to the larger end game.
0: Right. So um, should people have much to say about their communities if they do not participate in you know, the overall progression of their communities.
1: So this is always really interesting for me because it's, I'm not sure if it's a question of if they should have something to say, because people are going to have something to say no matter what. You could literally be living under a rock and you'd still probably have opinions about politics. And so <laughs> Correct. like you're going to have, opinions no matter how involved you are I think the better question is how can we engage people who do not want to participate and it is the human condition to form judgments and opinions and so we need to work on just like teaching people how to turn that into tangible action that works for them because what works for me being civically engaged is not going to work for everyone else not everyone has money to donate or time to donate or has the means to recycle or has access to like certain resources and things and so it's just one of those things where we really need to teach civic engagement as an individual practice as well as a community practice
0: And I like that point that you have because everybody does have opinions and the greatest line or the greatest reference of that is opinions are like assholes. Everybody has them. So I think that it's important to know that people are going to have opinions regardless whether or not you do the good thing and whether or not you don't do the bad thing. I think that people need to stay true to them and I think what's important is civic engagement is going to be like It's going to vary depending on your community and your individual self. So I'm a African-American female that grew up in suburbia. I have a different background than somebody who is an African-American who grew up in, let's just say, like the projects or somebody on the south side of Chicago or a south suburb for that matter. We have two different outlooks on life. I'm different than you because, hey, yeah, <laughs> we have a different color background than most. And you didn't grow up in Illinois. I didn't grow up in Colorado or Kansas. So it's a different background. for. And I think people need to recognize what's going to work for your community. Like what's going to work for a suburb probably won't work for somebody in the inner city. Just saying. But I think you need to tailor it to what are the problems in your community and take it from there. And how can you be the solution?
1: Absolutely. And it's just one of those things, too, like where we talked about earlier, how there are so many different um, solutions and different ideas of how to solve problems. That's the same with civic engagement. There's so many different ways to be involved and what works for me may not work for my neighbor. But it works for me, and that is where I need to, like, take accountability and responsibility um, and sh- ensuring that I show up as a citizen and as a community exactly. member.
0: Exactly. And we shouldn't, and I think it really does start with not tearing somebody down because your way worked for you. Oh, God, I hate when people tear another person down because that might really work for you. Being an activist may really work for for you and your goal for that mission doesn't work for me bruh it doesn't like you're not going to see me down the (laughs) streets you're not going to see me say hurrah let our people go that's not me as an individual my platform you're listening to it that's one way for me to do it or sitting around with a gr- bunch of kids trying to educate the next generation. Although I would, I'm would, i not a teacher, but education is just in my blood to educate and promote the next, like, people. This is all this is, is education. I'm an educator. Won't teach, but I'm an educator. That works for me and what I want to do to progress society. But it might not work for you. I suck at recycling. I do. I really do. So what works for you may not work for the next person, but we shouldn't tear somebody down because it's not their way of life.
1: Absolutely. And that also just like comes into like having bipartisan conversations and things like that too. Um, Especially since I've been seeing a lot of division in both of the major parties. Um, Like they're like, like you said earlier, like you, people who are like, more liberal than another like they can't see eye to eye but if you're a republican and a democrat you can't really see eye to eye like you know what not everything that we like not everything's gonna work for everyone and we're never gonna have a solution that like is like a one-size-fits-all type of thing and we're gonna have to work at it to come up with solutions that best work for everyone and that's how civic engagement works too It's trial and error until you find what works for you.
0: Exactly. And I think that we should just end it there because that was beautifully said. You wrapped it up so perfectly.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I have been loving listening to you talk because you have just so much conviction and um, so much just like authority in your voice that makes it just like so easy to listen to you
0: you so much and you're really knowledgeable so I really I get it I understand it so I love this conversation but I I'm I get that some people who are like an hour what is this this is at least 40 minutes than what we're used to hearing (laughs) I know guys I know but if you all have been with me since June you know that when somebody else gets on board with me on my show that I just get lost in the conversation so we'll wrap it up here I want to hear you all's thoughts. If you, how do you feel about civic engagement? Do you participate? And if you don't, or if you're not civically engaged in your communities, what can we do or what can what needs to happen in your community to make you civically engaged? What's what's the issue and how can it be solved for you to be civically engaged in your communities? Let me know. You can email civildiligence at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. One of these days I will get a Twitter, but it probably won't be today. Um, you can check out civil diligence.com. One day I'm going to put on a blog. I'm going to try to start it in April. I know I've been saying this for the last three months, but it's hard being a one woman show. OK, it is hard. I really am trying to get on board with this and trying to manage my time because working a nine-to-five plus doing other things that I do and being involved in other aspects and avenues, it is it can be difficult. But you know what? What are excuses? So there's that. You can also listen to Self-Diligence on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Stitcher. Megan, what are your
1: platforms? so my website is org. that is what I'm going to be launching that within the next couple days so by the time this episode airs it should be live and running and ready for members and ready for people to join um, and then my Instagram is civicscitizenship as well I'm trying to get into the Twitter game but like you said it is hard being a one woman show and I only have enough time in the day to sometimes do two things
0: exactly guys Like, oh, my God. And to actually allow yourself to have some me time. Man, so difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Trying to be like, you know what? I really haven't. Like, I I need to shower and I need to eat. But I also need to post this. And I need to read that. (laughs) And I'm like, no. No
0: man it is something but thank you so much for being on the show Megan I really do appreciate it this was a wonderful conversation and hopefully it actually records this time
1: I'm keeping my fingers crossed I'm sure
0: yes so anytime that you want to talk on a show let me know we'll definitely have another conversation and if you guys liked her she'll definitely be back on the show because this was awesome
1: yes I had I so had much so fun, fun, fun and, and I would love, love to, come to come back, come back. Um, um, so anytime so you're for, uh, up for a conversation, um, conversation you just let me know <laughs>
0: Will do. All right, guys. You all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day, evening, afternoon, whenever you are listening. Be great. Be in the kingdom. Be safe. But most importantly, be you. Bye.